Well, because I'm reflecting you were going through your week. I'm like, yeah. nothing really. I mean, I have a couple things I want to chat about really quick, but mm-hmm. let's go. Like, yeah, we can do it. Go ahead. Oh, okay. So, okay. Usually <laughs> we like re-record, like you nope, stop and we're then, gonna oh, just okay. go. Yeah. Love it. Okay. <clears throat> Hello, everyone, and welcome oh, to the shoot. show. Wait, I'm Blair. Let me, Blair. T- let me turn <laughs> off like, the music. The music no! <laughs> <laughs> I misread the situation. Hold on. Let me stop. The music. The music. <laughs> I think we're good. Sorry. All right. Are you ready now, Mr. Krabs? <laughs> I'm ready. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Blair. And I'm Kirsten, and we are Mediocre Content. And we're coming at you with. (laughs) Right, yeah. That's the kind of vibe the uh, theme music was just a minute ago. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, welcome to another week. So I have a riveting story to tell you, and it's really not that riveting, but I'm going to tell you anyway. My body is ready. Let's go. So last weekend, my husband and I went to the grocery store as Mm. one does and we got oranges, right? Mm. And so I'm at work and I have my orange for lunch Mm. and I'm peeling the orange and I'm like, huh, this orange is a really weird color. And it's like... (laughs) And I'm like, maybe it's one of those like blood oranges and I just didn't read the sign or whatever. Sure, so right. I'm like peeling the orange. Peel, banana, peel, yeah. banana. <laughs> Go ahead. Yikes. Um, <laughs> so peeling the orange and then I open it up and I take a bite and it's a grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a blood orange. <laughs> Not even a blood orange. I'm like, what the heck? And it, and you know, some would say, well, there's clearly very, a lot of differences. I would say so. A grapefruit and an orange. Size but being a big one. <laughs> this, this particular grapefruit was not large. It okay. was very, sm- it was small for a grapefruit. It was the mm-hmm. size of an orange. Mm-hmm. And the other thing was, it was very easy to peel. Like normally. Oh, yeah. Oh, grapefruits the same way you can peel. Right. Um oranges so it was super Mm -hmm. easy to peel which is why all signs up to that point (laughs) I thought it was an orange but it was a grapefruit so I got a surprise grapefruit in my lunch this week (laughs) and it was in the orange section at the grocery store I feel like that's somebody going through the store and either one making choices like I didn't really want this or two trolling anybody who goes to like pick up the oranges yeah well, so anyway, that's my riveting story. I mean, I like grapefruit, so I probably would have been super happy about that twist. I, you know, I ate it. It was fine. I ate it like an orange. I was like, like I'm a- committing to the bit. <laughs> Eating it like a freak. <laughs> Why did you just yeah. peel your grapefruits? <laughs> How I do. That's great. Do you put sugar on your grapefruits? Um. So normally, if I knew it was a grapefruit ahead mm-hmm. of time, yeah, yeah probably. Okay. Yeah, I I definitely one thing that I wish that I had purchased, which sounds so silly, is one of those um, grapefruit spoons that has like the the edges on the side. It's necessary because otherwise you're just drenched in grapefruit afterwards because Correct. spoons are just inadequate. It's um, yeah. Oh no, you froze. Uh oh. 
I think you froze. <laughs> oh, wait, there we go. We're back. Okay. <clears throat> it's going to be one of those days. Um, oh, yeah, I know. I feel like I need, Ugh. if I don't have one of those um, special spoons, though, I have to use a knife and that just looks weird. Yeah. When it's, you, a little, trying... it's a little dangerous. Sometimes a butter knife cuts it, though, so it's not too mm-hmm. bad. It's just a mess. Yeah. And then joke. It's, it's, it's a it's a chore to eat. <laughs> um, so would you like to get through some disclaimers? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so <laughs> don't ma'am me. Gross. Ma'am. Ma'am. Um, so we are not experts on anything, as you guys know. Um, if you would like to do your own research in addition to what we say to you, you today please feel free to do so um please feel free to let us know if we say anything false or inaccurate we would love to know mm-hmm. um and please don't get any advice only you know only vibes no advice <laughs> that's what i'll say just okay <laughs> aren't thou feeling All it right. now yeah. feeling it now mr Krabs. oh my god <laughs> We're in a weird space this morning. It I don't is know very weird. What's happening? All right. Let's do good news and okay. we'll see if it gets any better. Okay. So good news, of course, is going to be science related. I'm, it's just what it is. Uh, okay. Science. So <laughs> the I'm really thinking of renaming it the science corner at this point, but heaven forbid I we mean, have like an outlier, you know? <laughs> I know. We can't put in the cute animal stories anymore if we do science corner. I know. It's true. Um, all right. So the first one is going to be on renewable energy. So, uh, as the year is closing out, so this is a lot of like fiscal year stuff and like data information is finally being closed out for 2022. So that's kind of where all of this is headed. But, um, in fact, I think this is kind of what both are related to. I don't know. Uh, renewable energy surpassed coal uh, nuclear power in the United States as of the end of 2022. And this is a really big deal. So power generated from renewable resources, which comprises of mostly solar and wind power, has officially surpassed coal-fired generation for the first time in 2022 and nuclear energy for the second year in a row um, as a, you know, as an s- option for energy. Love it. Uh, the rise was driven by wind and solar, which we just discussed, and uh, grew to a combined 14% in 2022 from the 12% of 2021. In that category, it is hydroelectric at 6%, biomass and thermal power each less than 1%, made up the rest of the renewable power generation, so hydroelectric's really big. Coal accounted for 20% last year from the 23% in 2021, while nuclear fell to 19% from 20%. And again, those numbers, I guess if you're just kind of looking at this, you're like 23 to 20 and 19 from 20, like that's that's not even big. But it's like you don't our understand. Our listeners would never do that. <laughs> they I'm would just never. saying our um, listeners support us. <laughs> Oh, uh, I would hope so anyway. But if you're thinking mm. about the mass amount of energy and power sources that we have right now mm. and the scale at which it takes to remove those from like everyday use, that is yeah. absolutely a big jump down because it takes 
I, I can't even imagine what it takes just to get like a quarter of a percentage down because you have to think this isn't, this is just the United States, right? There are tons of other countries out there using different sources of power and their percentages are going to be different too. And they're all going to vary probably by one or 2%. But Absolutely. it's about, yeah, it's about cutting that down though and making these transitions and it's going to be slow, but progress is progress. So I just want to right. put that little disclaimer in there for this one. <laughs> Slow and steady, um, rinse the race. Exactly. Uh, so now with a lot of this new information coming in and closing out and, you know, kind of getting all of those percentages together, the U.S. has to decide how to transform the grid, which is a huge deal, designed for consistent yes. streams of energy so it can store and transmit intermittent solar and wind power and just kind of gently get those in normal rotation where they're consistently meeting those goals and over those goals yes so big strides even though they seem percentage-wise small this is a big deal and also the fact that from 2021 to 2022 close out they're still seeing positive progressions in that arena that's also again that consistency factor that they're trying to iron out now yes so good things all good things uh, also, I'm taking us back. I know that we've talked about this. Jeez, are you okay? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> okay. So I'm taking us back to insulin. I know that this has been in our good news here recently a lot, but there's even more information coming out. So love it. The first um, stream was the reduced prices and capping all of that. Uh, we are now seeing more companies cutting those insulin prices, which is a huge deal. So after years of urging by patient advocates, obviously ones who use insulin or have family members that need it, yeah, uh, companies are beginning to lower the costs of insulin, a move that could help millions of Americans. Uh, French drug maker Sanofi, which is hilarious. My aunt used to work for Sanofi Adventist and she used to oh. like travel there and do a lot of like, I think it's R&D that she did over there, which is research nice. and development for listeners who don't know what that means. Um funny to see them in here now. Yeah. Uh, but French drug maker Sanofi announced last week that it is going to slash prices of insulin by up to 78% and cap out-of-pocket costs uh, for the most popular version, which is Lantus, I think is yes. how you pronounce it. Okay. Yeah. At $35 per month, which is, I think what we saw in our last update about insulin as well. So mm -hmm. now it's just like an additional company is also making this change. Uh, Sanofi is the third major insulin producer to make the drastic price cuts. There's also Novo Nordisk and Eli Lilly, who recently were part of the initial cuts in the United States, um, and they've cut their prices uh, up to 75% and 70% respectively. Uh, the 2022 Inflation Reduction Act also capped Medicare beneficiaries' insulin costs at that $35 a month. And a 2020 survey by advocacy group T1 International found one in four type 1 diabetic patients rationed insulin due to the original drug costs, which is just disgusting. It makes me so sad. I know. So this is great news. More companies are jumping on board. So I just wanted to give a little update on that since I did see it um, and just say, hey, it's, it's now three major companies for this. So. We love, we love to see it. We yes. love just positive change. <clears throat> um, but that's what I got. 
I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So we're talking about thrifting today and mm-hmm. I'm very excited. I learned so much researching. This. <laughs> There's so much that I learned. Good. And we'll get to it. It was actually very fun. Oh, I good. Okay. Had a lot of like, so for some context here, I did write <clears throat> the episode this morning, but I did, <laughs> <laughs> but I did the research on Thursday. So it's fine. Totally counts. So it's, I, I did learn things. It's not like I rushed this. I did not rush this. Okay. Trust you. <laughs> I don't even, think you do, but it's even, fine. It doesn't even, it's, even if you did rush it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> We're professionals. <laughs> we are professionals. We have more than 20 episodes. We're professionals. We've been alive since October, 2020. We are professionals. <laughs> anyway. All right. <laughs> Uh, not us having imposter syndrome. No. Oh um, my god. Okay. So everybody knows like your brick and mortar thrifting stores. We have mm-hmm. Goodwill, Salvation Army, um and then there're also like random consignment shops. There's a mm-hmm. lot of other thrift chains too. Those are like the two big ones though. Mm-hmm. Um there's consignment shops which work a little bit differently where you can sell or um purchase secondhand mm-hmm. items and to be a little bit more like of upscale like a Plato's closet kind of thing it's like more Ooh. upscale I have so much to say about Plato's I, closet but I, we'll get to it well I I didn't include them because I don't really <sighs> like them that much me neither <laughs> I, I went in there and they hated all my clothes yes and they so, would always advertise like this is ridiculous but then I'd see like the most disgusting moldy pair of Uggs in the entire yeah. world yeah sitting on the shelf for 25 dollars. i'm like you are out of your mind that's right it's wild (sighs) i don't know anyway um so the reason why i thought this was important to talk about is because i like many others love clothing (laughs) i love buying clothes i love putting outfits together it's super fun and like while we were in lockdown and covid i feel like everyone just got on the sweatpants train Mm -hmm. and Although that is very acceptable and <laughs> I support you. I'm currently wearing sweatpants right now. Mm. The, like it's nice. It feels special, like more special to like go out and wear a nice outfit and go do things after being not being able to do those things for so long. Like Agreed. I, I personally want to look nice and feel nice and like have cute clothing for myself. Yes. And so I, and I think a lot of people are feeling that way. However, uh, the economy kind of is not great right now. No, no. And everything is hella expensive. Uh-huh. So I wanted to do this to kind of a assess the pros and cons of thrifting and like what to be mindful of when you're thrifting mm-hmm. and also to see if it is actually better you know, for the environment. And if mm-hmm. we're actually making the impact, we think we are, because we all know the scam about recycling, which will be another episode <sighs> at some point. Yep. And it's wild because, you know, what is it like this? Did, we'll, we'll talk about it in another mm-hmm. episode, right, but like, right, right. Yeah. it's a whole thing. Okay. It is a whole so, thing. Yeah. It's, it's disgusting behavior. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. It's, oh God. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, 
something to keep in mind this episode everything is a balance so Mm -hmm. just with that in mind (laughs) on the goodwill website they list three reasons why thrifting is good for the environment okay um the first one is less resource consumption, which is pretty self-explanatory. Basically, you know, if you're not consuming the clothes, you're not part of the problem. You're recycling clothes, right? Yeah. Uh, fewer things are thrown away. True. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. true. People can repurpose them in their homes. And then less chemical pollution. And I included a little bit more of an explanation of this because I wasn't 100% sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, it takes a lot of manufacturing and pro- be able to create new things. Mm-hmm. Right. Regardless, furniture, clothes, whatever. When it clothing, text, um, textiles need to be grown using pesticides. So like cotton, mm-hmm. uh, that's the first one that comes to mind, but there's many others, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, silk. Yeah. Silk. There we go. Yeah. And then those fat are treated with harsh chemicals and dyes that can be not only harmful to the environment, but also to our health. <laughs> And then when we create synthetic fabrics like polyester, for example, passes are released tribute to climate change. These chemicals contaminate our water, soil, and air. And this can impact wildlife and the quality of many resources we use to survive. Uh, In addition, toxins can also disrupt our hormones, gut microbiomes, and there's still research to be but I like how they included that because it is <laughs> yeah. very true. You don't think about that initially yeah. because it's not, it's not widely advertised, but it is true. It is true. Um, yeah. So by choosing secondhand, you aren't supporting the demand for new products. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, and I think that's very reasonable. And I, I like that. that. I have a couple of tweaks to this and we will yeah. get through that in a minute. So okay. all of those are good things. <clears throat> now, since the 1980s, fashion has become more about following trends due mm-hmm. to the rise of fast fashion. Now, if you don't know what fast fashion is, it's like your stores like Forever 21 and um, Shein is a big mm-hmm. one right now. Um, and basically, it's any company that's making cheap clothing for and for cheap prices, basically. Right. Um and it, they put out new designs consistently to keep up with the trends. Yep. Okay. So um, in 2018, the world produced more than 17 million tons of textiles. Wow. According to the Environmental Protection Agency. Mm-hmm. And then compared to 50 years ago, there was only around 2 million. I'd like to point out too, I, I don't know if you were going to cover this or not, mm-hmm. but also outside of fashion, Fast fashion, which is a tongue twister, apparently. Um, the population has also grown quite extensively. Yes. Right. You know, right. and so like I would also like to say some things also do see an increase because the population has increased and therefore the demand right. would also and increase. I don't, and I don't yeah. know if the statistic is accounts for that. Accounting for yeah, that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But Hard to say. I think it's also fair to say that either way, we're it's producing extreme. way more. Like we're much more of a consumer culture now than we yes, were then. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, fun fact: <laughs> it takes thousands of gallons of water to produce a single pair of jeans, which is Isn't just that amazing. <laughs> you know where else I have seen this too is um, 
I don't know if the statistic accounts for this either, but uh, makeup companies as well, because places like uh, places, companies like ColourPop, where they basically have a new launch almost daily. Yeah. That kind of consumption is also insanity. And especially if they're not considered vegan and they're using like, you know, bugs and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. To make natural red pigment, for example, it's a huge problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it's well, and makeup is not reusable. No, exactly. And it expires rather quickly when you think about things like pan size, but I definitely have I mean, some inspired stuff. That's a whole other episode too, because yeah. let's be honest, a lot of us still have our Urban Decay naked palettes from like 2008. Okay. We're not going to talk about that. That's on your eyes. <laughs> I threw mine away. Okay. Also, I did, full, I, but I had it for a way longer than I should have. Um, all right. So, um, was I? Okay. So <laughs> bottom line, yes. keeping garments in circulation longer and all of the natural elements embedded in those garments out there for longer is the best thing for the environment right. and sustainability. And that's the best thing do. Yeah. Now, <laughs> this is so. And and some people would say, OK, well, let me just go to Goodwill and just like right. buy all my clothes from Goodwill and I'll just re like, recycle my wardrobe. So every time I need a new, wardrobe, I'll just like go to Goodwill and then donate the ones that I have now. And that's like the misconception here. That's right. the problem. I agree. Because yeah. the best thing you can do is go into your closet right now and mm-hmm. make sure that everything that you are, that is in there is usable. Is right. something that you will go back to time and time again and arguably, if you can afford it, I would say make sure that it's good quality. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. the most sustainable thing. It's better to spend a little bit more money on a quality item than something that's only going to last like a year. Agreed. Because you cycle it through the wash one time and it's like shredding. Disintegrating. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, <clears throat> the best and most powerful thrift shopping can be done in your own closet. Yeah, agree. Um, so basically in some cases the very thrift stores can give us a false sense of guiltlessness mm-hmm. we can swap out our entire wardrobe by dumping what we don't want at a secondhand store in hopes that it'll be put to good use instead of buying less yeah. we trick ourselves into thinking we can stop or we could shop our way out of the problem by donating again and again right yep. 10 to 20 percent of what you donate actually goes back into that store yep they're junkies Plato's closet. No, I'm just kidding. Not really. <laughs> the junkie. Um, <laughs> the other 80% of what is donated to Goodwill goes to places like Poland, Pakistan, Kenya, and it's all turned into rags or post-consumer fiber, which mm-hmm. all takes, you know, more energy and more like potentially harmful processes. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, a recent changing markets foundation report from, this is from British Vogue. Mm-hmm. Um, found an eye-watering 900 million garments from around the globe were in yet in 2021. Jeez, wild. that is wild. Uh, Kentamanto Market in Ghana receives 15 million garments every single week. 
And the situation is so severe that the nonprofit The Or Foundation has launched a campaign to stop waste colonialism, which I mean, that's a huge thing. I had no idea. That's incredible. I had yeah. no idea. And so to stop waste colonialism and place the responsibility of waste management on the shoulders of retailers that produce an estimated 150 billion with a B mm-hmm. new garments each year. It's a huge problem. And honestly, you can, it's like a catch 22 as well, because on the one hand, clothes are more expensive. So they're sitting on the racks, new seasons are coming out and they're just replacing the clothes and they're like not getting purchased. So there's that problem. But then the other problem is, as you mentioned, there's these fast fashion companies that are just continuing to push a crappy quality stuff that is continuously being cycled into people's wardrobes for a handful of months and then discarded. And even if it does make it to Goodwill, it's probably not in a good enough shape for it to even be reused by the population anyway. Right. Um, Or the trend is over and you didn't wear it and the tags are still on and you donate it anyway. Exactly. And like, I definitely have like a set of clothes that I cycle through daily. Like that is just what I wear like almost the same thing every day. So anytime I purchase something now, even from a personal standpoint, it is that situation where I'm like, am I actually going to wear this or am I just enthralled by it in the store and it will just sit in my closet and never see a yep. use? Right. You, it's just, yeah, it's like a I whole know. thing. And yeah. so in addition to all of that, like that's bad enough. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, the fact that we're shipping all of our young used clothes over mm-hmm. to the it's like messing with their economy like yep. they can't um so their local like <clears throat> clothing makers in yep. like african markets yep. lost all of their jobs because they've become so dependent on the cheap clothing that we don't want and it's just does that and it's not even just clothing it's material items too because the other industry that i've seen a lot of especially on um tiktok is there's this trend where home designers like architects and things like that they have this thing where they're like uh 2000s trends that just need to go and it's like you're essentially telling people to remodel their entire home and take out cabinets and couches and side tables that don't necessarily fit an aesthetic or is no longer cool and trying to convince these people to completely redress their entire home for thousands of dollars. Meanwhile, the stuff they have is perfectly usable and perfectly fine in its state and should just be used as is. (laughs) Like There's no problem with it. I agree. And I think it's hard because we are constantly bombarded with like ads and things that are like, oh, make your life better. Oh, you need to have mm-hmm. this in order to look cool. Oh, you need this. You need- yeah. That is it's hard. Yeah. No, it's hard to society where you pressure to like do certain things based on, you know, yeah. trends. Yeah, and I saw and I- a lot of de-influencing now, but also there are people who are speaking out outside of de-influencers that is now a whole trend. But they are saying things like the tactic that they're using is creating a problem for you that wasn't there so that you'll purchase the product. It's like, 
you're creating a non-existent issue that people are now like, oh my gosh, I can't just slide out my coffee maker. I now need a an acrylic plastic thing on wheels that I can use to slide out my coffee maker as opposed to taking the two seconds extra and just picking it up, <laughs> just right. moving it. But you know what I mean? Like they're just creating problems for you. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, overall, mm-hmm. and I think we'll, we're going to talk about this a little bit more in the second half too, yeah. but you know, you have to really be mindful of the clothes that you're buying in the first yes. place in order to be able to be sustainable. And it kind of, and like, we are not, I would also like to say that we are not, um, if, if what you can afford is mm-hmm. like thrift store and what you can afford is, you fast know, fast fashion, fashion yep. that's fine. Do right. what you have to do to put clothes on your back and your kids' backs and whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you have the means, right, definitely invest in more quality clothing in yep. order to be able to keep those clothing items for many, many years. Agreed. Yeah. And there's a ton of like influencers and mm-hmm. Pinterest people and like um, people who put together like quote unquote, the timeless wardrobe. Yes. And like, I think those are good, like good staple items of clothing to have. I mean, everyone's fashion is different. Like mm-hmm. do what you want to do. But if you're confused about like what you should buy for like a higher price that you can wear forever and ever and ever, mm-hmm. those are good things to look into for sure. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, so what yeah. do you think? Anything else to add Kirsten? I think we're ready for a break. All right. Sounds good. We'll be back shortly. Man, I'm glad this podcast is halfway over. Me too. I'm not sure I'm even going to make it through the second half at this rate. It's a good thing to call this mediocre content. That way the public knows what they're signing up for before they even start listening. I feel like the listener deserves a more direct warning about the true mediocrity of this podcast. Agree. Let's send them into the second half with a real disclaimer. Mediocre content is far more mediocre than you think. If you think that's what's good for you, you listen to your own risk and moderation. We, the husbands of the Mediocre Content Podcast hosts, do not recommend you listen to our wives week after week and instead suggest small regular doses of your mediocrity at any given time. We should know. We live with them. All Mediocre Content Podcast listening is at your own risk. Good luck. Okay, so welcome back from the break. We... Uh, we hope you like our new ads. I think they're super fun. <laughs> I think so too. Um, so basically in the second half, we're going to be answering the question, is it to contribute secondhand? Um, so as thrifting is reaching new levels of popularity, it's driving the prices at your local thrift shop up. And this can take a serious toll on the folks who rely on the used market for everyday wear, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to think about people who can't afford to buy like retail. um, So they have to do secondhand shops. So uh, a lot of people aren't aren't shopping in secondhand shops to be aspirational or sustainable. They're doing it out of necessity. So just keep that in mind. because I don't think we think about that very often yeah. because it's also, it's very trendy right now to go to your thrift store and try and find like the coolest and like the best thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't tell you how many hauls I've seen on TikTok <laughs> yeah. of like, Oh, Those my halls. thrift store finds blah, blah, blah. Yep. So it's important to ask yourself 
you go into a thrift store, like, do you truly need, are you just buying it because it's cheap? Right. Exactly. Um, in addition, there's also a difference between like the Salvation Army or Goodwill or whatever and vintage boutiques. Mm-hmm. So if you love period pieces and can handle a higher price range, definitely like more of a consignment or, you know, something a little scale um, instead of buying more affordable options, because right. then that'll take kind of the pressure off of the places like and Salvation army yep um and you'll still be getting the aesthetic that you want indeed yep and also probably better quality depending on what it is right exactly yeah so the other thing to think about is the fashion industry hasn't always been kind to buyers who wear larger sizes Mm -hmm. many brands don't cater to the average american person which is and the the average american um, woman is a size 16 to 18 to Vogue business while 70% of American women wear a size 14 or larger only 20% of clothing is made for those sizes and additionally regardless of what store you go to and regardless of what size you think you are among those are also similar sizes that don't fit you or the same size in a pair of pants in the same store that also don't fit you the same particularly Mm -hmm. if you're a woman so that also complicates things when trying to purchase clothing just the inconsistency of sizing as well so if you're normally a 14 and that's the highest that a store goes to but their version of a 14 doesn't fit you you're still out of luck right and the thing is is like as a woman I don't know how like somebody please explain to me because I didn't get a chance to research this, but how did we come up with the 12, 14, 16 situation? Men's sizes make totally so much sense. Like I, it's a waistband and like a A a, seam and inseam and that's it. That makes such sense. If you, so that's women's sizes. When I was a junior, it was all odd sizes. So I was an 11 in junior clothes, but in a women's section in the same, it was just Kohl's for reference. Mm, So in the junior section growing up, I was size 11. But if I went into the women's section, I was like a 12, 14. And it, and none of them fit exactly the same either, even within the same (laughs) sections. Well, and it perpetuates this like brand, like once you find a brand that that's works what you for buy. you, that's what you buy because that's what works yep. for you. And the that's sizing me. typically stays the same. Typically. But the problem is, is that if you go to a different brand or like want to branch out, yep. all of their sizes are totally different from the brand that you originally came from. And it's so dumb. And body shape isn't considered either. So right. when you're when you're trying to be more lucrative and shopping in these thrift stores, or if you don't have the means to not shop there and your sizing is a little bit different than the majority of what you're going to find, it becomes a nightmare trying to find totally. anything that will fit you appropriately. Yeah. And yeah. as fashion icon... <laughs> told the Washington Post it can make shopping horribly insulting and demor- and a demoralizing experience. Tim Gunn is, totally is not wrong. <laughs> he is not wrong. Um yeah. Yeah. And the other the so toilet. the 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 point of the the point I was originally trying to make is to say that basically thrifting is putting back into circulation and if right. they're already not being inclusive 
start for to start from yep then a lot of the thrift store are going to be the same yeah yeah will not be inclusive at so keep that in mind even if the thrift store is well stocked there still may not be sizes for everybody it's just a mess (laughs) it is we should do like even outside of thrifting we should do an episode on just like the fashion industry in general a thousand percent (laughs) like I know we're kind of getting into it on this one just a little bit because the passion runs deep but I do think we should do a separate episode on that. We we can totally do that. I we could call it like the devil wears a size 18 or something like that. <laughs> I think that would be really funny. Oh, I like that a lot. Meryl Streep, she'll never fail me. <laughs> That's right. Um so only only certain people can participate in sustainable fashion because yep. they're only making sizes for certain people. Right. Yep. Exactly. Um, and additionally, you, if you're small, you can always tailor something to fit you. If you're large, you yep. cannot, you can't make something small or bigger. Like yep. it's really hard to do that. Yeah. Um, so that being said, I want to go on to like a little bonus topic, which, I, which was really interesting. And it's called thrift store flip. Okay. And yeah. if you've ever watched HGTV, mm-hmm. you know, what this is so basically it's finding a piece of clothing or a purse or like shoes or something and basically Mm -hmm. fixing them up and then selling them at a profit yeah which people are like enraged by this online they think that it's terrible which I mean yes it's not fair Mm -hmm. however Mm people put a lot of time into preserving these things and like making them better so it is a legitimate in my opinion, it's mm-hmm. a legitimate business because they're taking the time to refurbish something basically. Right. And sustainability wise, it's still keeping the same products in circulation. So right. going on that logic, it's still, it's still good for the environment. It right. just may not be fair because you're not finding it at the thrift store at yeah. the original price. And right. fair and sustainable are two different topics. <laughs> totally. Totally. So, just so what, what do you think, Kirsten, on that? I think it's fine. Uh, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I do think that um, it, it's tough. I know it's difficult these days because people are always trying to find side hustles and way to make extra money because the economy is garbage and money is just tight right now for a lot of people. And so if you're creative enough and you have the tools and the ability to do that to sustain your financial uh, state, I understand why that may be the option that you go with. Yeah. Counterly, of course, I can also see somebody who just needs a side table and that's the best that they can afford and it's going to fit their need. And now they can't do it because somebody else who's just making fast, like essentially fast cash has taken it away and now reselling it for even more money um, and taking that opportunity away. But it's just kind of it just kind of what happens when you're in that in that state. You've got people who are trying to make money on the side and you have people who make just enough money to go to the thrift store and pick something up. Yeah. So it's, it's just, it just, I, I don't really have an opinion on it. I think it just, yeah. it lives, it just is, it, it is what it is. <laughs> you just live in that yeah. state. So, well, and then a part of me thinking about a little bit more, mm-hmm. a part of me is kind of like, well, it is taking away from people who mm-hmm. their only option is the thrift store. Right. However, there's yeah. so much being donated to the thrift store. I feel like there's so many options options for everybody right 
I'm also thinking of things like, um, so there's other, there's other mixtures of ways that people or and, and industries have kind of tried to skirt around this and kind of make it more of a level playing field. And I think it's things like Facebook market where you could, my hutch in my kitchen is literally a Facebook market purchase that was a yeah. hundred bucks that I redid and refinished and you know, that's what I use because I can't afford the thousands of dollars worth of a hutch that I would buy in like, I don't know, crate and barrel, for example. Yeah, totally. But but then there's also like thread up, um, that I used to send clothes to it's, it's not exactly like Plato's closet. It was a little bit more liberal, but you would send an entire bag of your stuff and they would give you money that you could then mm-hmm. use to either spend on other items that other people had sent in on ThreadUp store, or I think you could even cash it out for a fee if you just wanted it to go back onto like your card or something like that. So I think there are ways that people are given opportunities or companies are giving opportunities for people who can only shop in that kind of environment to also make kind of side money at the same time. Like if you have things to donate, you earn money, but you're also not um, unable to purchase in that same realm because it's all being donated and purchased from the same area. But I could see how, you know, if you can only, you know, drive to a Goodwill or Salvation Army and now that stuff is completely gone, (laughs) but you need it. Like, yeah, I I totally understand how that would be frustrating. Definitely. It's just a tough, it's just a tough space to be in right now. It is. It is. So what um thrift store experiences? You've mentioned thread up and mm-hmm. I think that was the only one you mentioned. But like yeah. So what talk to me a little bit about, about like your experiences with those kinds of things, like the online thrift mm-hmm. stores. Poshmark is another one that I used to purchase from. I don't think I've Mm -hmm. ever sent like tried. I think I've tried to sell stuff on there, but it's just not as lucrative. And I wouldn't say that ThreadUp and Poshmark are like the end all be all because again, instead of being physical in a store and being able to touch things and try things on and like, totally, you know what I mean? It's just a different experience and you can't, unfortunately, you also can't trust a lot of people these days. So it's just hard to tell. There's that other factor of like, Mm -hmm. we don't know exactly what we're getting. Yeah. And kind of like I, eBay or something like that. Oh, yeah. That's a good example. <laughs> that's gross. Yeah. But like <clears throat> there, there have been things that I would have purchased on Poshmark many moons ago, and maybe I get it home and it smells like smoke or something. And it's just like, well, if I was yeah. in Goodwill, maybe, you know, it wouldn't have been in that situation. But then, um, counterly, I remember. <laughs> going to the Goodwills near Sweetbriar with Nadira all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. And like buying uh, like the grandma sweater. You remember that purple cardinal winter sweater that I had? Yes. That was yes, from I a do. Goodwill. <laughs> Goodwill for, for reference, for those who don't know, <laughs> which is likely everybody. Mm. Um, It was so, you know, those like 80s sweater, like JCPenney it's like that Mm -hmm. except Kirsten wore it literally all the time (laughs) it was so comfortable it did and kind of have a smell though (laughs) yeah even though I washed it so many times there was a grandma smell (laughs) inherently yeah no it was it was so comfortable though and honestly coming from a situation where you are kind of a college kid who doesn't have a lot of extra cash that was 
really fantastic yeah. to be able to do. <laughs> I think we went to one of those Goodwills and got ugly Christmas sweaters. Too. Yes. I have a photo of me wearing one that you purchased for me and I loved it. I'm so glad. <laughs> oh, I, actually, this this takes me back too because I think um, Etsy is another kind of slept on thing. I think a lot of people oh. go to Etsy oh. these days for like those um like uh vintage things or maybe like I would say Etsy things. is more in the tier of like consignment almost. Yeah, it is. But th- I think that's where I ended up getting your ugly Christmas sweater one year. Um because I think I purchased it through like a seller who was like selling vintage ugly Christmas sweaters. <laughs> oh my god I so I wore one of the sweaters you ugly Christmas sweaters you gave me to a holiday party like a couple years ago I think we need to restart that trend we need to do that again well and it was an ugly sweater party but like the sweater that you gave me had like a just a bunch of stuff like hot glued to it yes (laughs) indeed and like one of the girls at the party was like, did you hot glue all that stuff together like for you? And I was like, actually, I got this as a gift. Actually, no. <laughs> this, Excuse me, ma'am. This was a gift. Okay. <laughs> Somebody else did it for me. For me. <laughs> no. Okay. So that's what I'm going to do for you guys this Christmas. I'm either going to make okay. one on my own or go to the thrift store and sustainably buy one. <laughs> yes. That sounds good. Uh, and I expect you to wear it for um, JC Penny photo shoots because uh, okay. I want those photos. With the cats. <laughs> With the cats. Indeed. I'll get them ugly Christmas sweaters as well. I think I think little elf ears would be just fine. Oh, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> My cats would kill me. <laughs> they are not a vibe with that. I, I don't think they would vibe very well either, but we'll see. Um, but now that we've derailed, <laughs> what do you <Yeah>. think? <laughs> so... This is my this is my final take on okay. thrifting. Yeah. I think that if you have it's first of all, to answer the question, is it good for the environment? Yes. I yeah, think right, inherently right, right. it is good for the environment if you do it the right way. Correct. So yeah, to this is like if you have the means, you're buying quality clothing. Mm-hmm. If you have the means, you're buying things that you need from other like places that are you know quality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and if you're at the thrift store you're only buying things that you need you're not buying right. like excessive amounts of stuff right um and you are thinking about when you're buying at thrift stores like who else like is buying there mm-hmm. and what is going to happen when you donate things as mm-hmm. well so like do you is this good quality to donate or can I repurpose this for something else? Or actually I haven't worn this yet and it still has the tags on it. Maybe I should just keep it and, you know, Mm -hmm. wear it somewhere else, you know? Exactly. So you just have to be mindful. I think it's, it's good for the environment. It's good for us as a culture. Just be mindful. Don't be excessive about it. And that applies to everything. That is not just clothing. I know we're focusing on clothing, but it is literally anything that you're purchasing. If you can get the quality stuff, do. If you can't, make it last as long as possible, and um, you know, make sure you're not just taking things for the sake of having them, so that other people also have the opportunity to have access to them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's tough. It everybody's going through it right now, so it's it's just tough. <laughs> totally. And again, you know, if if the thrift store is where where you're at, mm-hmm. that's yeah. Like buy buy yeah. the shirt, buy it. Live your best life. That's we want right. you to feel good and look good all the time. Yes, exactly. I think that's yeah, that's good. Um, anything else? Are we? Are is that it? Are we done? I, you know what? I think we might be. Yeah. Um, um, any comments yeah. or questions from you, Kirsten? I feel like I feel like we did a nice job. I think so. It's just it's a lot of it's a lot, and I think it's really hard to condense it down to one episode, which is why I also think, like we talked about, we should do fast fashion and maybe like the furniture and things like of that nature, because there's tons of quote fast fashion around that too going around these days and i think we need to clear the air a little bit (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah so preview of things to come we might this might be a thing so stick around for that and if you guys have suggestions or topics that you'd really like to uh, hear about or have us dive into head first which we tend to do uh, you can do so by emailing us at mediocrecontentpodcast at gmail.com, connecting with us over on Twitter at Mediocre Squawks, or following us on Instagram at Mediocre Content Podcast. Um, and I guess that's freaking it. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.